Welcome into the weekly recruiting breakdown. This is the Inside Texas Recruiting Breakdown with On Texas Football. I'm sitting in for Bobby Burton, joined by Justin Wells. Bobby Burton, I would just I would say sitting on his couch, maybe watching the Astros with an old national recruiting advisor, looking at his work from the 90s. What about you? What do you say, Justin? He's looking at his old ranking of Peyton Manning, number one in the country. You know what he's doing? He's probably going through the old newsletters that he used to fax to people. And he's like, you know, I'm so glad we don't have to do this anymore. But then part of him's nostalgic. And he's like, but this really worked. Hey, it was just, here's a question. Do you know anybody that used to call the Jerry Scarborough line to get recruiting updates? I thought it was the Jerry Hamilton recruiting line. <laughs> Jerry Scarborough, the, the old 1-900 number to get the David Warren recruiting updates weekly while he was being. Yes, yes. Okay. That's how the recruiting updates used to happen. But more important, okay, Texas coaches on the road. It's the spring evaluation period. Um, we're going to kind of go through four or five. We kind of know where they were today. We're going to start with uh, Tashar Choice because he was out in Phoenix at Mountain Point High. Um and he was making sure Christian Clark knows he's he's loved up by Tashard Choice, right? One of the two running backs that Texas really covets in this 2024 cycle, along with Jarrett Gibson, who's the top of the board. Different backs. Christian Clark has that Texas official visit scheduled 16th through 18th. I think what's interesting is, is USC's taking a really early shot with him. He's got a May 19th through 21st official visit to USC. Then he's got the Georgia the last week in June, but I really think this is more USC, Texas, unless Oregon uh, can supplant one of the two. No, I think you're right there. Um, USC is going to be, I feel like, I feel like Texas is the leader in this recruitment. I, I think, I think you would agree with that, but USC is going to be no the question. one that's, that's pushing the hardest. They're going to be the one that, that makes it competitive. Yeah. I, I'm not real sure if, if, if Clark wants to go on the other side of the country per se, even though Georgia would be incredibly enticing. Uh, I would kind of like to know where he measures on their big board. Uh, but for Texas, we know he's a priority 1A, 1B. Uh, we know the first official visit, we broke that with Texas. That was the first one he was going to set. And to me, that tells you, that 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 kind of gives you an idea of where they, they are in this recruitment. Um, if you look at his Twitter line, uh, his Twitter, you know, you can't always base stuff on social media, but you can always pick up little tidbits and data points. And two of the last things posted were Tashar Choice's picture with his head coach at Mountain Point, And then Bijan Robinson's tweet this morning about it's written, you know, getting prepared for the draft. That should tell you kind of where this recruitment is, to be honest. I, with you. I, I thought an interesting quote I've seen from him was that his mom was telling him how cool of a place Austin was and that he would really like Texas once he visited. That was a quote. I believe Chad Simmons may have got that a while back. Can't remember who it was with on three, but that quote stuck out to me because I was like, that's interesting. It's not all the time you hear a mom pitching the city and the school to a kid before he ever makes a visit. So right. I thought that was kind of interesting. It is. And 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 um, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna give some credit to Tashar Choice. You and I have watched him over the last year and almost a half. And the way he recruits, I mean, at first we thought it was kind of a fluke. And then we kind of thought, well, he had a great relationship already. And now it's just like he goes after who he wants and he's got a pretty high batting average. And I think the Clarks reciprocated that. I think they loved Choice. I think they really connected there. 
And let's not, I'm telling you, the Bijan Robinson nugget is, is helpful here. Yeah. I think Texas could get him without Bijan being a factor, but the fact that this kid has watched him over the last few years, idolized him, man, a lot of these things point to Austin, Jerry. Yeah, they do. And now you know what USC will come with is, uh, you know, Cedric Baxter's there, Jarrett Gibson. Those are his two number one guys, and they're both young backs at Texas. And the Jonathan Burks kid may or may not go pro. And then you have Savion Red being moved. So USC is going to try to fight back on that early visit. Yeah. It's interesting they're taking that swing very early. And I actually like the separation, the month separation between the USC and Texas visit uh, for Texas. There, We'll see if he mixes in Oregon before, which I bet he does. Uh, Jeff Choate, Pete Kwiatkowski, we're at Jasper today, Justin. I, I've been to be at Jasper this morning uh, for their athletic period. Um, and, you know. How Ty Anthony look? You know, what, what, by the way, first prayers out to Jasper. I, I that was that was a tough day to be there. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, Ty Anthony. Look, I'll tell you what. I walked away from that, Justin. Before we get to Choate and Kwiatkowski and his recruitment is underrated kid nationally. I know he had the torn patella his sophomore year in basketball, and that kept him out. He could have played all season, but uh, the coach kept him out the first three games just to make sure he was right. But he is a guy whose bench press has gone up 30 pounds recently. His squat's gone up 30 pounds. I know he's really can squat again with that knee. Um, I see a guy that's 6'1 and a half, 210 pounds now with a 6'7 wingspan, maybe even 6'8. Yeah. So he's got, he has got the frame. It's like Coach Crumley said today, he's got the frame to where he can do, maybe do some of those things that Anthony Hill can do with what Texas was doing with Anthony Hill, he can play on the edge because he's got the length. Um, but then he can, but what impressed me today, Justin, was him just dropping in coverage. I was like, okay, he's a smooth athlete. It, there may be guys that run a faster tick faster in the 40, but he's a really smooth player in space. Um, and the other thing that I, I, that I took away from today is Justin, you and I both know Jasper's got really fast dudes in that town. And, and the coach said if he hadn't had the knee injury, he'd be our starting running back and linebacker. But he said, I'm not doing that this future because he, somebody will be going after his knee again um, at running back because he's six, almost, you know, he's six, one and a half. But I thought he was extremely impressive. They got two 2025s that I know Texas is already looking at. Keate Armstrong is 6'5, 240 pound tight end that plays some DN. And then they have an interesting. 2025 offensive lineman. I knew the name, but I hadn't seen him. Demetrius Dean, Texas fans. Remember that name? 6'4 and change, up to 260 pounds, 83-inch wingspan. Like super long arms for 6'4. He's a kid that I think Texas is going to try to get to camp. Um, Justin, I'll let you get into his recruitment, and I'll come right behind you uh, because I think we're going to pretty much say the same things on this. You, you've been talking to kid. I was there today. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that's that's what I love about our team. You know, we we, we cover it from all angles. I was actually uh, able to catch up with Ty Anthony a handful of times over the last month. You know, before his Texas visit, after his Texas visit. Uh, my biggest takeaway was this is a kid that I feel like Texas has prioritized. I feel like Texas thinks yeah. they're in a really good position with him, and that and I would agree with that to this point. But I also I can't overlook the national appeal with Alabama pushing and with some of these other schools pushing. If it was in-state, I think it's Ty Anthony by a mile. Uh, but now when you bring in some of those older uh, out-of-state schools, USC, listen, I don't see a kid from Jasper, Texas, going to Southern California, just not normally. 
and, 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 so, and I know how much he likes USC. I believe he's going to schedule the trip and go back out there. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, man, this, this one to me feels like a proximity pick. And, yeah. and, and Texas is doing the right thing. The hall that the linebacker hall they brought in last year isn't going to hurt them in this cycle, but there are guys that see that, that, are, that, that notice it. And when I asked Ty Anthony about that, he said, well, actually I'm talking to those guys. Like, I want to know what they're doing. I want to know why they made those choices. You met, you wrote a great story today where he's talking to Anthony Hill. And so to me, that's why I feel like this is kind of, uh, leaning towards the burnt orange tinge simply because I think Texas is prioritizing. I think he's taken a ton of unofficials. So he's been able to see a lot of everything that's out there. And then once those unof- once those official visits are wrapped up in late June, I think you'll see a decision before uh, the se- his senior year. Yeah, I do too. And so let, let's break this down a little bit further based on some stuff today. Um, one, for people that aren't familiar with Jasper High, it's a big A&M pull over the years, right? Red Bryant, Jory tip Adams. Of the, tip, of the, tip of the golden triangle. Yeah, number of those guys have signed with Texas A&M. I think the last Texas player was Terrell Cooney um, from Jasper. So not the level of player Red Bryant, Jory Adams, who was a Gatorade player of the year. National Devin Weatherspoon. Guy. Yeah, national guys. So what he told me today that was interesting was his grandmother – um, he grew up, He everybody in Jasper knows Jory and Red, all those families there. But all those, he said his grandmother, you know, had Jory and Red over at her house or just in the neighborhood for years. So there's a familiarity there. Texas a and is going to try to use that pool as much as they can. Um, you know, Anthony Hill talking to Ty Anthony, very good for Texas. I, I believe that uh, because, you look, you're looking at a kid who, Decided AM wanting the spot for him, and he's yeah. at Texas and he's really happy. And that's what he told Ty Anthony. He said, I love it here, um, academically, athletically. And USC, what's interesting about USC is that he didn't know it was a private school before he went out there. And I said, What about far from home? He said, Well, Jasper's not close to anything. So I've kind of been used to long trips. And I said, Okay, that makes sense. But what the thing with Ty Anthony, I agree with you. I still think AM Texas is Baylor a sleeper. They won't sign him, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get him on campus again. But, uh, you know, he is a – this is a football and academic decision. That was my big takeaway from him today is business school matters. Business degree is going to matter. This isn't a football and NIL recruitment. This is an academic and football recruitment. He kind of reminds me in that way, Sean Weatherspoon, who was a great player out of Jasper, was not nationally recruited, way under-recruited, went on to be a first round. Missouri pick. All-American. Yeah, he was committed. When I saw Sean Weatherspoon his senior season against Earl Thomas and Beasley, he was committed to Houston. That was his only offer because, and you're talking 1,200 SAT student body president, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't go kiss all the rings in the summertime and get the offers from Mac Brown and Bob Stoops and everybody. So Which he used was to be the pattern. Yeah, he was most under-recruited first-rounder ever in East Texas probably. Um but, yeah, so I think Ty Anthony is a big football and academic decision, and I think AM or Texas at the end of the day is going to win out. And I think I actually like Texas right now, and people think they're behind a and I actually think that works in Texas's favor a little bit on this one. He's scheduled to visit AM June 2nd through 4th. USC's currently scheduled June 16th through 18th. We'll see if that gets bumped. He can't go to Texas on the 23rd through 25th because he's got a family cruise. So we'll see if Texas can bump that USC – uh, because that's USC's big weekend, and that's when they want to get him on campus. Uh, Justin, 
down in the Houston area today, I know I saw Kyle Flood was at Dickinson and Clear Springs checking on Blake Ivy, the 2024 guard center kid who I think Texas I love Blake really Ivy on second evals. Uh, so we know they out. And uh, Flood's headed out to California tomorrow to see Brandon Baker and DeAndre Carter, Eugene Brooks, all those offensive linemen on the West Coast. Uh, but then Bo Davis stopped at Summer Creek and offered one of the top 2025 DNs. And I know you talked to uh, him today. Chad Woodfork, he's a guy that um, you get to know him a little bit. Uh, this is a kid that it, I feel like he's at a premium position in the 2025 cycle in, in, in a position that, you know, there's it's not very top heavy. It, it's just not over the last two couple cycles in Texas. And he plays that edge spot. And, uh, you know, and, and, and is he going to be a guy that plays with his hand in the ground for the rest of his life? That's the question. He's six five two twenty, So yeah. I think he can grow into that that outside like standard old time standard defensive end, but at the same time, be able to stand up on third downs and, and, you know, and bend the arc, be able to, 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 to try to get to the quarterback. Um, this is just a kid that look, if you can find kids with natural athleticism that can, can bend at this size and, and this ability and can get to the quarterback, you got to take them. Yeah. They're the difference makers because they, 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 they interrupt the timing they do so many little things, and I think this is a great early eval and a great early offer for Texas. And I call it basketball feed. I watched him play basketball. Uh, oh, he's got you know, I love that. Feet, and he can bend. Hey, hey, let's say this. Chad Woodfork's a smart kid. He's already athlete verified on on three. That's very smart now. He's jumping That's into the IL game. Yeah. Hey, he's, he, that means he's paying attention. That means he's paying attention <laughs> to on three. And he's yeah. paying attention probably to Shannon Terry's tweets about NIL and athlete verified. Not many <laughs> 2025 guys have jumped into athlete verified. So I'm I'm giving him some credit there. So Thank one you. of the couple of things we're going to do here for the recruiting breakdown this week is I think Justin and I may agree with most of the names here, but we're going to talk about the five players that we believe Texas either leads on, can get with a strong 2023 season. Justin, I'll let you. I'll let you bat lead off uh, with your Astros hat on. Then I'll come behind you as Jose Alvarez and maybe hit one out of the park. We'll see. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I think the top ones we agree with. Um, number one is Micah Hudson. Yeah, I think that's a guy that uh, if you were going to tell me five guys that Texas is in a good spot but needs to finish hard, needs to finish, you know, through the whistle. It's going to be Micah Hudson, the five-star receiver out of Lake Belton. Uh, and, and, and don't, you know, what's funny is Micah Hudson can go anywhere. He's got offers from virtually every school. He's going to visit Ohio State. He's, he's going to go see Alabama. But at the end of the day, funny enough, I feel like this is going to come down to Texas and Texas Tech. I know that sounds strange, and I know fans are having a hard time wrapping their, 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 their mind around that. But I've seen this kid play football, basketball, run track, and play goalie. Like, I'm telling you, Texas Tech is in this recruitment. They are going all out, all hands on deck. They are pushing every chip to the center of the table possible. And so you got to give them credit, for, and Joey and those guys credit for that. Uh, how often does a big-time five-star receiver go out to, to, to Lubbock? I, I can't remember. I know Mike, Mike Crabtree was an athlete, a four-star athlete, but it, yeah. it's hard to remember that. But here's what's going to hurt Tech quarterback. Because if you look at the quarterback room and if you talk to Micah Hudson off the record and you ask him about, you know, what do you look at the quarterback room? 
he'll tell you yes quickly. And the idea of catching a football from Arch Manning, being coached by a guy named Chris Jackson, who has skins on the wall from, from coaching in the NFL, in the offense, and going into the SEC, it all favors Texas right now. But this is a long-distance re- recruitment. This is going to go all the way, the, the, the proverbial marathon, not a sprint. But I think if that the first guy off the board for me, if I thought the most prioritized guy would be Micah Hudson, a receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, and then, you know, we get into after that. Look, I, I think it's interesting because he's not the most highly ranked guy. Um, but we I think we know how important he is, is Daniel Cruz. Oh, at, man. At, because I haven't seen, Justin, doing this as 20 years, there aren't many times where a center – is the guy that's the most targeted lineman in the class, right? And Texas leads for Cruz, and Cruz is going to be underranked nationally on threes, the only service that has him, I think, ranked really even in the ballpark. Um, and he's an interesting guy because when Sark and, and, and Flood, the first day, another athlete verified three for three on the last three, by the way, on three is doing some work now. Um, the first day Sark and Flood could get out on the road in December, they went to see Daniel Cruz. First stop, period. They yeah. went to see Daniel Cruz. And why is that? Now, there you see on three has him ranked 149 in the country. Everybody else is wrong. So why is, why is he so important? Is He's a football guy that plays – he's got tackle feet at left tackle, but he's an interior guy. He is okay with playing center. He's a wrestler. He's a shot putter. He plays D tackle. He plays until his his calves cramp up on Friday night. He's coachable, and he's got some. He's he has the best smile for a guy that has Casey stuttered type of aggression on the field. Um, and I think he just checks literally every box that Texas is looking for in a leader of an offensive line. And Sarks talked about how he feels like this is his team. He likes where this team is as far as the locker room. This guy fits right into it, um, and it's going to be an Ohio State visit June 2nd through 4th, A&M 9th, 11th, Oklahoma 16th through 18th, Texas last visit 23rd through 25th. He's been on Texas's campus almost twice as many times as everywhere else now. Um, and, Tech, this is one that I almost think Justin Texas has to lose this recruitment at this point. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny, Jerry, you were all over this kid, like over, it feels like over a year ago, you've been bringing him up and and, and you'd watch the tape and it was pretty obvious that and on three was have done a tremendous evaluation with him. Give Charles Power and all those guys a lot of credit. Daniel Cruz, here's here's something you didn't mention off of all those attributes. This kid is smart. Yeah, I was actually I was able, you know, when, when you've got a recruitment covered as well as you do on some of these. I try not to, to get too involved because it, it, it's, it's t- taken care of. So I'll shift to somebody else. But I was able to actually talk to Daniel at the Under Armour camp maybe a couple months ago when it was up in Dallas. And it just had some time to kill. And I recognized the smile and the hair. You can't not. You can't not. Joe and I recognized it when he came off the bus during uh, one of the visits, unofficial visits uh, to Texas. You know, we, we didn't know he was coming in. We see him. It was like, we know what Daniel Cruz looks like. And so he's a smart guy. He's a smart kid. He's got a great personality. He's also a culture fit. I think that's why they love him. One of the reasons, obviously. And Flood doesn't look at rankings. And that that's that I love that about Kyle Flood. He doesn't have to look at rankings. And and, and that sometimes that's that's not what where you're gonna get your bread butter. Daniel Cruz has been 
on target for over a year. Texas has pushed every button that they should have properly. You've had that thing covered top to bottom. Um, do you think where do you, when do you think a decision may be coming? Or you think after these officials, like some of these yeah. others in July? Yeah, August, yeah. After the officials, he's going to take it through the season. No, no, no. After the officials before senior year, so whether that's July or August before senior season, he'll be committed somewhere and. If it's not Texas, I'll be surprised. Who you got after that, Justin? We got All right. three more my, guys. my next one off the list isn't even about 20 miles away from the first one. And that's Mr. Kobe Black out of Waco, yeah, Conway. I agree, 100%. 6'1", 190 pounds. Um, he comes from an athletic family, brother. Like – when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All of them play somewhere. His, he had a brother that played bas, uh, junior college basketball. He had a, a brother that starts at corner, uh, Corey Black for Oklahoma State. And then his dad played for, for Bill Schneider and, and played with Michael Bishop at Kansas State back in the day. So the, 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 the DNA there is, uh, is athleticism. The beauty with Kobe Black is Kobe's a kid that, you know, I, I think he loves the idea of being able to go national. He can go to Alabama. He can go to LSU. He just visited both of them in the last week and a half, and, and, and they blew him away. They were great visits. He, I think he likes knowing he has the ability to go anywhere. And then at the end of the day, when him and his family, because it's a family decision when they, make these, when they make these calls, just ask his dad. It's a family decision. When that decision comes down, I think it's going to come down to Texas and Texas A&M. I do too. And 100%. the truth is – that's kind of what he's been telling me for almost a year anyway. You know, we always knew he was going to take these extra these visits. He's still going to set up his officials in June. I think he may even save a few of them for the regular season. That That's a little scoop. Uh, and then something we added in one of our stories that we po uh, I posted today, uh, I talked to a source on Sunday, and, and they said Texas is the clear leader for Kobe right now. He says, you may not hear Kobe come out and say it, but – there's a lot of things pointing in that direction. And I felt like it's been Terry Joseph and those guys really focusing in on him since January. They brought him in. He's been on campus twice now since that first junior day. And I think that's really the biggest selling point right here for him, Jerry, is watch Ryan Watts. That's what Sark's telling him. Watch Ryan Watts. Because after this year, he's going to the league. And we need a guy that's going to come in here and play early. And the very first day I met Kobe Black a year and a half ago, I asked him, what's going to be like one of the major contributors to where you go to college? He said, playing time. He goes, I want to play early. And so when, when Sark told him about Ryan Watson, Joseph started selling him on five DBs. Um, when the guys all got him together, I think he really likes Texas. Not to mention he's got a teammate named Jelani McDonald. Dude. 
Two, Wisner. Wisner, that's right. They used to be. You're right. I, for, I forgot about that. They grew up together. Yeah, yeah. and they played, back, they played a lot of basketball together. And yeah. so Jelani's kind of helping out there as well. I don't think Kobe's close to a decision. I think I guarantee you Texas is going to get an official visit. I know Alabama and LSU are going to be in the mix. But at the end of the day, I'm still seeing a Texas-Texas A&M battle. You're, and, you're and look, Kobe's a midterm graduate, so he graduates in December. Early enrolling. And so maybe it follows that if he doesn't decide right before senior year, maybe it follows the Jalen Hale timeline of a couple of visits, maybe one during the season before he makes that decision. But I don't expect it to go to December because he is that early enrollee. And an interesting part on Kobe Black is some Texas fans will be like, well, man, Malik Muhammad, Gavin Holmes, and, and Terrence uh, – Brooks are back. We only lose Ryan Watts. Yeah, but the flip side of that is if you're really good in recruiting, you can say Terrence Brooks came in and had a chance to compete in the starting three games. Malik Muhammad's coming in competing for time and is going to play right away, and you can do the same thing. So and Brooks, that's, that's the flip side of it. You can also double down, Jerry. Brooks took Deshaun Jameson's job halfway through last mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And so no doubt. It, 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 it's one of those things where I feel like they're they're hitting big – on, on in the secondary in the last couple of cycles, and they're taking that momentum into the 24 class. And so now it's time for the fourth guy, and I might surprise you on this one a little bit. Okay, guys, they can get it's gonna have he's gonna commit before the season, guys. That I think I'm going with Corey and Gibson. Gibson, the Texas, yeah, and here's why because I'm all ears, because there's a lot of rumors that he was going to commit to Clemson, right? You know, he, went, he just went back. I know. There's a lot of rumors he was he's going to commit. So this is the whole thing. If he doesn't commit to Clemson pretty quick, then I actually think Texas stands a really good shot here. Um, and I think similar to kind of one of the things you said about uh, Kobe Black with Corey Gibson is, uh, I, I think the Texas staff has done a has done a really good job here with Corey Gibson. I think if the staff hadn't done a good job, he'd have committed to Clemson already. Because you know he kind of got in. It looked like he was Texas Bama. It was like Texas Bama, man. And, and then he went out to Clemson. He went out to Clemson, and then there it were blew rumors. His mind. And then yeah. there were rumors he was about to commit to Clemson and close down the process, right? But that hadn't happened yet. Right. So if he doesn't commit now. It, it, here pretty soon, then we get to the June official visits, and I think all bets are off with him. Um, and I think that one could come back around and let Nick Saban chip away at Clemson a little bit. I think that one could come back around for Texas in June if he doesn't commit to Clemson here pretty quick. You know, that's that's a great point. If they can sustain the surge or with, withstand the surge, isn't that what Mac used to say? Yeah. With Withstand the surge. It's kind of what we're looking at, I think, in this recruitment with Clemson. They're, they are surging. You know where that rumor came out of? Texas Relays, because that's yep. what he was telling everybody. And so we were, Joe Cook and I were there listening to it, looking at each other like, okay, this recruitment just took another turn. I'll say this. Uh, I'm a big fan of Corey Gibson, especially if he's playing corner, because I think he can play corner. Obviously, he's done safety, but he's feeling out. You know, he's listed on here at 160. I'm oh, he's, one, he's 6'1", 175. Right he's now. bigger now. His, yeah. he's, he's filled out. Yes, last year when I went to watch him tr in like three track meets, yeah, he was skin and bones. Corian is filling out now. And I think yeah. he's a tremendously versatile guy that can play so many positions back there. Here's my problem. Has nothing to do with Corian. Corian loved Texas for a lot of reasons. 
But the main one was Chris Gilbert. And because of that connection they had for so many years from Lancaster. Now Gilbert's coaching tight ends in Denton for North Texas. And I know at first when I asked Corey about that, what that was like losing somebody you're so close to, he said, well, right before he left, you know, he could, you know, he, he handed me to Sart and he's like, Sart, this is all yours now. I, I've done everything I can. And, he, and, and Chris Gilbert is such a good man. He, he says so many good things about Texas. He's like, Corey, you got to make the best decision for you. If that's Texas, you got to stay with Texas. And so I love that about Coach Gilbert. But the fact that he's not there anymore, to me, makes this a trade-off. To me, it makes this, because eh, if Alabama pushes in the right way, we know how Clemson's doing. Clemson will put the timer on you. Yeah. Alabama won't. Yeah. Alabama pushes yeah. when they feel damn real right to do it. And, and the interesting thing with Gibson, if there's something that I think has hurt Texas, I, I go a little different direction is that Blake Gideon was the defensive back coach recruiting him. But he wants the chance to play corner first. And so Texas has had to transition a little in this recruitment. Um, and so where does Corian really see himself at Texas? He'll say, I want to play corner, but I'll play anywhere. But he right. wants to play corner, right? It's just no different than Terrence Brooks' recruitment. The difference is Terry Joseph was recruiting Brooks the whole time. They didn't have to have Blake Gideon handed off when there was a position change that wanted to be that needed to be made in that recruitment. And so it'll be interesting with Gibson. I knew I, I, I knew I'd get your attention with that one. You did. If this kid doesn't commit to Clemson soon or right after that June second through fourth official visit. Then he hits the Bama visit 9-11, Texas 23rd, 25th. If Clemson can't close this out pretty quick, I actually don't think that goes Clemson's direction because that's Dabo's game. He's got to get you in the boat quick. If he doesn't get you in the boat, he tends he, you can you can beat him late. Who you got as a fifth and final before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, I was kind of I've been I've been going back and forth. It's been mental turmoil. Uh, about who who should be you know who should be there. I, honestly, if we wouldn't have already talked about him, I probably would have mentioned Christian Clark because yeah. I feel like Texas has a mile lead for Jarrett Gibson. Oh, and, running backs, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, to me, I think that's kind of cheat and cheating. We we should be better than that. Yeah. And then you know, part of me wants to mention there's two guys, and I'll just throw them out there: Selman Bridges and Justin Williams. I think. Selman Bridges went from like 350th in the nation to number 48. Yeah. And he's a six foot four corner. I'm like, it, it, it's ridiculous how well he able, he's able to, to, to stay on his toes and, and flip his hips at his height. I mean, it's actually kind of crazy. And don't get it twisted. Texas has a decent lead in that recruitment. On the other hand, I think Justin Williams might be a top five player in the state of Texas. And I, I know you have had you been, doubt. I don't have any doubt. <laughs> you you've been on that recruitment, and and I guess I'm 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 going with I'm I'm splitting hairs on this one. I'm going with Selman because I feel like Texas is in a great spot. Plus, I think it helps with other recruitments, and I think just the proximity. At the same time, Justin Williams. I'm not saying Harold Perkins, and I'm not saying Anthony Hill Jr., but I kind of feel like he's in that category as the best linebacker in Texas, and it's a wide gap. I know Ty Anthony's right there too. I don't want to say it's too wide. I'm just a huge fan of Justin Williams. I know that recruitment's had kind of a roller coaster effect. You've been on top of it for a while. He liked Texas. He loved Oregon. Kind of hard to figure out now. We kind of understand why he likes Oregon as much as he does. 
Is there any way Texas I, – I feel like Bridges is, is not the one that we need to discuss. I want to know your take. How does Texas really solidify themselves in the Justin I, Williams saga? I like Justin Williams. It's kind of like Corey Gibson. We can't list every guy that Texas is just leading on, right? That's not the way this goes. The Justin Williams thing is interesting because the first time I talked to him at Oak Ridge over a year ago, he's from Chicago. He's yeah. not a Texas kid. And people have to remind, remember that, Texas fans, AM fans that are following this recruitment. He is from Chicago. He moved down here fifth, sixth grade. So he's not a kid who grew up with a Texas or Texas AM jersey on when he was one or two or three years old. Mama put him in a jersey. That's exactly. not how this is. Um, he's grown up in that Oregon. Yeah, maybe there's a connect to Oregon, but I think the bigger thing is he didn't grow up Texas. He didn't grow up Texas AM. Um, and I think he's a five-star prospect, by the way. I do, too. Two years. I do too. I'm not saying Harold Perkins or Anthony Hill, but so, it's not that far off, Jerry. It's not, no, athletically, he's not that far off from No. Perkins. Him and Perkins are head and shoulders above Anthony. As an That's athlete. what an Alabama looks linebacker looks like. That's what an yeah, LSU yeah. linebacker looks like. And, and can Texas get this? Can they come from behind on Oregon? I, I think it's possible. Um, I think he's going to be back at Oregon this weekend with Joseph Jonah Ajanye. And I'll say this. I think Ajanye long-term may be the top prospect in the state after seeing him. I just think the guy's going to be that good. I think he's going to be an all-world 3-4 yeah. in. I, I think he's big, big, big time. So Oak Ridge, as crazy as that sound, they may end up with two of the top three guys in the whole state of Texas when it's all said and done. Uh, but can Texas come – this is one they're coming from behind. Uh, Choate and Kwiatkowski were either at that school this morning or going tomorrow uh, based on my stop at Jasper today. They're going to work to get back in this one. Um, they've had them on campus multiple times. You know, there's – I think it's a Texas-friendly head coaching staff, coordinator yes. staff at Oak yes. Ridge. I think it's Texas-friendly. Uh, so, I think Texas has a fighting chance. But, again, the key is Justin's uh, – let's see what happens with the official visits in June. Um, look, I had a story. Here's the crazy thing about Justin Williams. I, I, I know we're, I know what's coming. I put in an RPM for him to commit to Oregon when I was there midway late in the October. season. I actually had the quotes for the story. It was done. I'd sent it off the national said, this is happening. And then it didn't. Yeah. Just boom. The video was made. Boom. So we're at a point where he was supposed to commit months ago. I think Texas and Texas A&M more Texas got that quieted down a little bit. Okay. But now they have to survive this June this visit this weekend because Oregon's going to try to get this kid in the boat before the June official visits. If that doesn't happen and he ends up taking an official to Texas, then that it's almost like the Corey and Gibson recruitment in a way. It's different from a timeline perspective. But if if Texas can get it to that point in late June, then let's see what happens. Yeah. I, that and that's that, you know, just you know, I'm looking through our lit, you know, just some some of the guys that we cover, and it's just like Justin Williams is in my top five every time okay. we do a top five. No question. He's just no he's question. just that talented, and, and 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 that's what I love about what we do. It we don't it doesn't matter where he goes. We're going to tell you who the best players are. No, and some no of them are going to go to Texas, and a good chunk of them aren't. Yeah, that's the beauty of recruiting. You know. Yep. Yep. You, you worry about the twenty five you get. You don't worry about the seventy five you don't. And so, um, but yeah, I'm a huge Justin Williams fan, and 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 tip of the cap to Selman Bridges too. I, I, he's such a good kid. He's got a wonderful family. Um, I think he would be a, a great get as well. So, 
There you go. For Justin Wells, I'm Jerry Hamilton. This has been the Recruiting Breakdown inside Texas on Texas football. Uh, Bobby may be back next week. Maybe it'll just be Justin and I doing this show. We have a little fun with this. Maybe I need to get a Rangers hat if he's going to wear an Astros hat, even though I'm not a fan. Oh, I get to say one disclaimer. I'm a Texas Rangers fan. Okay. But I am the head coach of the Canton Astros. Oh. And my son is uh, a second baseman and a catcher. And so this is our uniform. Um I'm, you know, no matter, I'm a Texas Rangers fan, but I'm also, I like the Astros. I lived in hey, Houston hey, for a long the, time. Way, is, is Deion Sanders going to portal back to Canton the way things are, they've gone this week at Colorado? <laughs> you know what? Deion's jumping about, in the portal next. He talked about bringing Gucci. He's going to have to go to Dollar Tree because they're not going to have enough bodies, man. Well, I, I think, I think Dion ultimately will be successful. Colorado could be winning six or seven games, but let me tell you something. Yeah. I think Colorado State may be next year. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big build. Again, for Justin Walls, I'm Jerry Hamilton. This has been the recruiting breakdown, and we'll talk to you later this week.